0: Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross, alongside my man Jack McKenzie. And people, week one has come, it has gone, it has delivered, it has brought us epic failures, it has brought upsets, it's brought star players, it was absolutely everything you could have asked for and more. Unless you are an LSU fan or a Baylor fan, uh, or a Baylor fan, it's brought depression. <laughs> it's brought depression for some it's, of us. Uh, it's it's been a interesting week, man, but I am so glad college football is back. I mean, week 0 is is what it is. It's a nice little primer, you know, but oh, yeah. you know, we knew coming into it week 1 was going to be so much, you know, it's just so exciting. And the crazy thing, Jack was, last week when we were talking doing our picks, we were talking about week 1 and we we're looking at this slate I think most of us were cool with it, but we were kind of looking ahead. Yeah. Man, what's week two going to bring? What's week it two going like to bring? It felt like it was
1: a weak slate, honestly. It did. And boy, did it. It pushed above, it, it uh, above
0: its weight. Colorado, Prime, they shocked the world. Yeah. Um, the, you're looking ahead at week two matches. I know for me personally, I was looking ahead at like, okay, Baylor and Utah was supposed to be a premier game, right? Like, this is one where it's a future Big 12 rivalry – or not rivalry, but it's a future Big 12 matchup, and I thought it was going to be crucial for the current Big 12 teams to handle their business. That has lost all of its luster after the – I'm wondering if it's about
1: to be an execution.
0: It is going to be an execution, and Cam Rising needs to be just posted up on the sideline watching like, bruh. Hey, y'all, y'all got this. Y'all don't even need if me. If he
1: plays in this game, I'd be surprised. There's no
0: way in hell he plays this game, dude. Like, why? Like, why would you even waste your time putting him out there? Like, it, it it's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, us blood working bath. back
1: in against an easy opponent. Yeah, let's
0: just let's get the reps in. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, play L- him in the first half. You just get the first half. <laughs> just treat it like a <laughs> no, preseason, like, a preseason like, NFL like, game.
1: Like, I'm not even necessarily joking when I say that. Just like... No, it's just a valid point, dude. That defensive line's not going to get pressure on no, him. We ain't got to worry about I'm that. I'm not worried about him getting hit.
0: He might not even sweat.
1: <laughs> it's going to be hot <laughs> here. He'll sweat, but it's not. he's not going to sweat because of the team <laughs> he's playing.
0: No, but so, okay. So, thanks to Baylor's debacle, that game has lost its juice. Oh, Oregon-Texas Tech. That's going to be a hell of a game, right? Um. So, Oregon hung, what, 80? Dog, some? it was like 81 on Portland, on Portland
1: State. State. Obviously, Tech is better than Portland
0: State. But um, what happened out in Laramie? Um, they got checked by a quarterback who probably rides bulls for fun. Like, he was just he. I, – I, we're going to get into that. That kid right there, like, you see people that are, like, gamers, right? Like, they mm-hmm. just have that edge to them that – that dude, I don't care. Like, I want him on my team just for the juice, the energy. I don't care if he's a backup, bro. Like, you inspire people. The shots he was taking. But – First game of the day. Let's let's start off with the Big Twelve and how it just kind of unraveled. So, yeah, if
1: there's like one through line, I feel it's it's the team that came in with the energy, the team that wanted to be there, more, absolutely, the team, the team that was ready to just go.
0: So they won, yeah. So Colorado heads into TCU, and all week long, right? Like, if you're from TCU, the whole TCU perspective, you were sick of hearing about Deion Sanders. You were sick of hearing about. Flipping the roster and all these transfers and coming in and we're we just played in the natty and we're not we're getting disrespected. It's our home field, son. Uh, you got checked quick mm-hmm. by Dion and the Buffaloes. Um, five hundred and ten yards from Shadur Sanders. That okay? So that's one thing I want to start with. Like I was wrong on Shadur. Like hands down, I was wrong on Shadur Sanders. I but I'm pumping my brakes a little bit. I'm not gonna get I'm over pumping my brakes.
1: I'm like, I don't know if I even put like a real opinion out there on Shadur, but on that day, he I looked didn't good. expect him to be this good. <laughs> exactly, but I think I have to take it with a grain of salt because I really think we're seeing just where TCU is defensively under Sonny Dykes yeah. versus Gary Patterson. I think we had the last bastion of the gary patterson tcu guys that carried that defense last year they're all gone now and we're seeing oh this is a dykes defense
0: that is a really good point that is something i didn't even think about the holdover from the patterson guys that mindset that mentality yeah that's going to be something to keep an eye on i was really shocked with how like they they were just not mentally tough Like and you when you think and we everything we've heard and even in Waco people can look back and they know a Kazati team is supposed to be tough they're supposed to be a Gary Patterson called him out not not directly but he said you know like they were the more physical team we were not ready for this moment like that's going to be something to to keep an eye on I think when you look at their offense um, and I know it's going to. It's going to be a, a learning curve per se, but you're supposed to be able to pick this offense up pretty quick. I think the, it's safe to say they took a step back in offensive coordinator caliber. Yeah. And Kendall Bryles damn sure ain't on the level as Garrett Riley. Here, here's the thing. I was talking with Colt over at the
1: the tailgate before the, t- the Baylor-Texas State game. Colt Barber, managing uh, editor-in-chief of com. Uh, 365com yeah. He's very familiar with the Bryles offense. Very. Um, and so... Trust me when I say this. Don't think of it as a as a Baylor Homer take. Kendall Briles, he said, gets to pass happy.
0: You could see it. They abandoned the run.
1: Art and a lot of other guys in the Art Briles tree school, all of that. They are spread to run guys. Yeah. GJ Kinney is a spread to run guy. Apparently, Kendall just likes to pass the ball. Like. You get into a shootout, you play a team where it's going to be high scoring because you don't have the defense. Correct. Kendall's tendency is to overpass. Whereas what's great about what that scheme can do when you spread to run is you're supposed to have these big, strong maulers up front and a big, strong running back to just punish them inside. And you're playing hopefully against light boxes where you have at least numerical evenness, if Mm. not advantage and you punish them inside, and then you take shots over the top. The shots, you put up a lot of stats because you take a few great big right. shots. Under uh, um, under Kendall Riles, TCU is just looking. They
0: passed it 42 times. 42 times. And I think he probably would have wanted to pass more. Well, there was a point there late in the – or it was early in the first half uh, where the offense was trying to go fast, and they were trying – like. Colorado had no problem going. Like, they were humming. They were going twice as fast as TCU. But you could see the TCU players just, they weren't clicking. It, it looked like they had been practicing for about a week. They had to slow things down. And I think it just completely killed the rhythm of how Kendall planned on coaching and, and navigating that. And then once Colorado really got up on them there, they have completely abandoned the run, put it all on Chandler Morris, and look, dude, like, He's good, Um, but I think me personally, like, I can only speak for me on this. I was – my view on Chandler Morris was skewed because of the performance he put up against Baylor a couple years ago. Other than that, he's just a guy. He is just a guy.
1: I don't want to put it all on that because the man did win the starting job last year. No, he did. He won that starting job before he got injured. So I feel like those two things put together were a little more substantive than just like, oh, he just popped off in one game. But I think we are going to see he doesn't have a top-tier offensive coordinator here. Like I'm not, No, he's not. Put, you, you can't no, put Chandler no Browns more. on that top tier. Not no more. And so I think we're probably going to see what the average Chandler Morris looks like. I'm not saying he is average with that no. statement. I'm saying we are seeing right. like what – Like, he can be better, he can be worse, but this is the average Chandler Morris, and that's probably not a top-end quarterback in the Big 12.
0: No, it's really not, and there were some throws like he just missed on, um, under-throwing at times. Uh, Jared Wiley had some good opportunities where they just could not get on the same page there. I was kind of, one, one area that stood out to me, and I was really not expecting this at all, Was the trenches. I thought TCU would come out out and dominate when you look at all the turnover that Colorado had. I was not expecting that offensive and defensive line for the Buffaloes to gel and come together the way they did. Like they totally punched um, TCU in the mouth and never let them get going. Travis Hunter, I, I think people need, like Paul's been on Paul's show, the triple option on uh, 365 Sports, he's been doing this thing where he asks questions, right? And he's asked this one question multiple times now that I really love about who's the player you would want in college football to see. Travis Hunter, to me, is one of those unique talents in college football that we need to appreciate for what he is because he is I'm, like the ideal college football I'm player. I am not
1: a big fan of the way Dion hypes a lot of stuff up but I don't think he was off base at halftime. Hell saying, no. He is him. He is him. He is him. Like, he
0: is so fun to watch. I think that from just a college football perspective and as a whole for fans across the board, appreciate what that man does. Some of the other games, dude. Yeah,
1: real quick. Go ahead. TCU should get right against Nichols next week. Like, <laughs> they
0: better. <laughs> you better, dog. But <laughs> no for granted,
1: but, but hopefully they'll get to, to sort some stuff out, and they could – they they still have plenty of season left to yeah. to to get moving in a better direction. The Colorado loss, it's not damning. It's it's a non-Big twelve no. loss. They can For still, now. <laughs> they can still accomplish something they didn't accomplish last year. Correct. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Jack. Time you to press. On to Baylor. Oh, um Do you want me do you want me to just go? Just just go. You're you you're you're the Baylor. You're a Baylor grad. Let it get it off your chest. And I'll get, get this off your chest and you're on the sideline. Get this off your chest. I,
1: okay, let's start with the Vegas line. The Vegas line was four touchdowns. Yes. So no one expected this. No, no one expected Baylor to no. get just manhandled by Texas State. And let's, let's be clear. They were manhandled. They were physically dominated. The superior talented team got dominated in, in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And they had worse coaching, worse scheme to, to deal with that. Yes. I mean, defensively, I understand that defensive scheme is somehow even more dependent on the talent you have at your disposal than offensive scheme, especially given the talent you're going up against. It's not like Texas state doesn't have good offensive talent. The wide receiver Hawkins and,
0: uh, Hawkins cold. And that little, that little boy, number 10, I can't remember his name
1: and Finley at quarterback (laughs) like they have talent. They have talent that probably could make it at the Power 5 level in some degree. Top of the Power 5 level? No. Um, Point is, the defense just, it got torn to shreds, man. Like, I think one of the biggest question marks heading into this year for Baylor was the cornerbacks, and somehow that was the single position group that looked all right.
0: Okay, yeah, they looked serviceable. The
1: cornerbacks were like, okay, they made some plays. Like, you're getting... Cornerbacks aren't going to make all the plays all the time. They made some plays. I think that was arguably more than people expected out of yes. them. The D-line. Like, I don't care if they're getting the ball out, if Texas State's getting the ball out fast, running a lot of misdirection, RPO, anything. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, handle your freaking business. You are bigger, stronger, faster than those guys. Make me feel it. Make me see it. They didn't.
0: No, that was... that. The all... Here's what's confusing. And this is what I was really concerned about in the offseason, right? We kept hearing about the defensive playmakers. We kept hearing about Mike Smith's all over the place. He's he's in the backfield. Well, I wonder why Mike Smith was all over the damn place during spring practice. Your offensive line is just can't block anybody. Blake Shapin had a look, there people, if you oh, want oh, to come oh, at Blake Shapin. I, I haven't even gotten to the offense yet, Garrett. I know, but Jesus Christ. All right, go, go for it. Because on offense,
1: yeah, I don't want to hear crap about Blake Chapin. No. The man was a warrior out there play, playing one of, honestly, one of his best games in a Baylor uniform on a
0: bum MCL. Yes. Because he got injured playing behind that offensive line. Like, dude, I was so nervous. When Blake went down, my immediate thought was, oh, crap. Like, and you hear like from the TV, because I had to watch it in here me and Paul were watching and getting ready for the post-game show, and you could hear the, we saw your chance and all that. And my thought was, dude, do y'all not realize – the state of your offensive line right now. And if you put that young man back there, you're probably going to be riding with RJ Martinez at the end because. No,
1: that, that was the dumbest thing. I, I swear. It was like
0: the, the third or fourth drive, I think.
1: Yes. And I was hearing, we want Sawyer chance. I'm like, what has Shapin done in this game to make it's you. It's Charlie want it? Brewer like,
0: all over again. They're like, doing him the same way.
1: It's like, if you, I know you're, you're, drunk students in the stands who probably don't know all that much about football. But shoot, man, how is it not obvious that this is on the offensive line? This is a team where the identity is supposed to be reliable, violent offense, which starts with running the damn ball. Which they could not do at all. They couldn't. At all. I don't care how good your backs are. I don't care that you have preseason Big 12 in Richard Reese. I don't care that you have a guy that at least some of of the better analysts of the Baylor team think will actually outperform Reese this year in Dominic Richardson. I think the talent might be there. Yeah, but But you got to have them holes. Neither of them are going to to perform well behind this offensive line. Okay, what is, like, like these guys are more athletic than the line that graduated before them. Like, I just remember under Rule and at the beginning of Aranda, the guys that we had, the guys that Charlie Brewer had to play behind, it was rough. It was like, when is this ever going to get better? We got a few transfers in. Mateos and Grimes came. All of a sudden, we had a good offensive line and it was like holy crap these guys know what the hell they're doing they're miracle workers so now that you have more athletic guys in the room guys who are bigger stronger and faster what the hell is going on i dude i don't know and i'm i'm i would like seriously i'm not an expert i am not trying to be like this is an obvious issue you have to fi-. like i am just genuinely I don't know. I am not an expert. I don't know what the issue is because these guys are supposed to be more athletic. They, and you have the coaches who did make something out of what felt like nothing two years before
0: this. Yeah. And I'm wondering too, like I'm really starting to wonder the development of these young guys because it's not there. You're not, you're the young recruits that they brought in, in the trenches, the development has just not been clicking. That's why you had to go out to the transfer portal. And what do you do? It's You go out and you get guys you're familiar with. Like, you see a lot of the – And I want to know what their relationship is like with the Texas High School Football Coaches Association because a lot of these guys they're getting, and when you look how they're recruiting, where are they going? They're going back to Utah. They're going back and recruiting Utah. Like, dude, can you not recruit around here? Like, what the hell is going on with that?
1: I'm not plugged in on the recruiting side of things. I don't think they're massively struggling on that side. I do have some questions about, and I hate to say this because Dave Rand is a great person. I love that he values people over players, but every team's got to have some dogs. I know you got to balance having those dogs that, like, they got to behave, they've got to be leaders, they've, they, like, they've got to represent your university yeah. well. But, like, they've got to be dogs on the field. And shoot, man, like, if Mike Smith and Drake Dabney are your dogs, you got some problems.
0: Shoot. Like, dude, that's the thing. They have no edge. They have nobody that you look at and is, like, an alpha. It's just a a group of average dudes that are just trying to hold it together, and you can't play that way. Like, not not now, not in the current landscape of college. And I think it's only – can I – all right. This is my opinion. I feel like things are only going to get worse at this point until they figure out how to navigate the new and current landscape of college athletics. And you got to figure out, do you want to play big boy football, do you want to invest, or do you want to just be somebody? And when you have all of these schools that you've – when you've had success over the past few years – You didn't have to worry about in-state programs um, that you used to. Like, you used to always have your beef with Houston. They used to steal your kids. Now you've brought all these people in. You've had SMU, who's right up the road, is now in the ACC with deep pockets. It's starting to feel to me, and and if I'm wrong, I'll come back and own this, like the old Southwest Conference days where everybody is on the same level playing field with you around you. They were going to be recruiting at a higher level. They're going to be throwing more money at it. And you're just kind of sitting there being stingy and trying to figure out what you want to be, and you're going to get left behind once again.
1: Yeah, I I see it, I hear it, I'm nervous about it, and if I'm wrong, I will own that. I swear. The way you worded it this time, because we talked about this pre-show, the way you worded it this time makes me see it as more pinpoint stingy with nil right that the stingy yes. with n i l is what scares me, yes, because I don't think Baylor's stingy about facilities i don't think baylor's stingy now, like they have been no. they they are catching up on facilities they don't seem to be stingy with coaching contracts either right now mm-hmm. so like yeah if 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 it's if they fall behind because of n i l they fall behind- behind because of n i l like that that is the place where the stinginess scares me um we do have to get moving on yeah, to the one final of game. game. Uh, I will just say one last thing. I think Aranda's seat is heating up. But yeah. you know what else was hot coming into the year?
0: Joey Maguire and that juice and Lubbock. Different kind of hot, because they people were <laughs> loving him up on the offseason. I was, I was. This dude had him in the Big Twelve Championship. That ain't happening. No, no, no. That ain't happening. Tyler Shook, Jack. Before the season, we've had plenty of conversations about the young man. And Tyler Shook conversations. Okay. And I was high on him. I thought he would be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12. You look at his stat line, he put up some good numbers. 31, 47, 338, three touchdowns, a pick. He's he's just the guy. He's bland, man. Yeah, he's like a he's tag. they are not going he's not a high caliber quarterback. Um, I think when you you're probably banking on your future there, when you have I, you know, it's 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 a wait and see game. I was wrong on Tyler Shuck. I feel like I was wrong on Texas Tech. And I feel like they... Did they buy I, their own hype? I think they bought their own hype. I think they were in over their skis. I think they were looking past Wyoming, focusing on Oregon, and they got slapped.
1: Yeah, they got slapped. There's no two ways about it. They got slapped by the Wyoming QBs, big ass.
0: Andrew <laughs> Peasley is a dog, dude. Like, All right, so I, was, I, I got home from the post postgame. I, mean, I know we... Or quick, but I got home from the post game. It was about eleven. I'm sitting on the porch, chilling, and I get up on my Twitter, and I'm like, "Oh crap, it's on in Wyoming." Laramie. So I run in the house, and when I turn the TV on, Peasley gets destroyed by Texas Tech, and he's just laid out on the turf. And I'm like, "Damn, man that that didn't look good." And he's just laying there. Then he gets up because it's a shoulder. He starts getting the crowd into it. They come down. Goes into overtime. Tech takes the lead. He took. You talk about a quarterback staying in the pocket, knowing you're about to get destroyed. The number I can't remember who it was. It was number one, I believe. The tech linebacker just honed in on him like a howitzer, blew him up. He stayed in, made the throw, game winning. That was so damn impressive. Hats off to Wyoming, Texas Tech. You better get it together. (laughs) Man, you love that Wyoming
1: QB so much, you didn't even give me time to like sit here and take the one win I got this weekend, which was being right about Shuck.
0: Take your Shuck. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, come on. I'm sorry. Let Get, your Get your flowers. Get your flowers. Did I not say that the fact that they were going with Shuck made me feel not only bad about Texas Tech, but bad about Baron Morton? Yeah. Like yeah. The whole QB room, the fact they went with Shuck, I was just like, uh, yeah, no, this isn't a good sign. I wish I had thought of the phrase "just a guy," Jag. Like, yeah, because that's what he—that's what he is. He that's is. what I knew he was. He and like is. he still has opportunity. I don't want to be that guy who's like putting nails in coffins and being no, like, this "No, to no. be. He's got opportunities this year to go out and show, even against his former school, that he's more than just a Bro, guy. You
0: better, <laughs> Bo Nix is coming with
1: it. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's the thing. It ain't happening for Tech against Oregon. They're starting zero too. two. It was—it was a terrible week. For the Big Twelve programs in the state of Texas, absolutely.
0: Other than Houston, hats off no, to Houston. Not even. No, I know. Look, just that was a damn You're good had, game, though.
1: It's a damn good game against a well-coached team. Against probably the next coach of, dare I say it, A and M or Baylor. I, I mean, so. I'm not gonna. I don't I'm think not, Sark's
0: losing his job this year. probably. No, I don't. I don't. I think Sark's gonna get. He'll th- get through this I year. Think and another one. A
1: and M and Baylor should should be replacing their coach at the end of this year.
0: We will see. We, But I, I'm not going to say you're wrong. So, I'm damn sure not going to say you're wrong. Like, well-coached team in UTSA, but they're
1: still not a Power 5 program. Frank Harris had a bad day, too. So, like, I'm sitting here being like, yeah, Houston got the win. But overall... No, I'm not I'm not saying like tex- it was a big the hype Big 12 thing Texas schools, and I'm, I'm not they counting struggled. Texas because they're, they're SEC. Like, they're Big 12 this year, but they're they SEC. They didn't look that great, either. No, they didn't. But they did what they had to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, t- they
0: took care of theirs against them. Which
1: non-power almost no coding. one else in the state can say this week. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it would, Tough, tough week. I am interested to see where where these schools go from here. Because otherwise, like, Big 12 did not have a bad week. Like, I didn't get to see
0: a lot of the games. I was trying to keep Cincinnati up. Cincinnati
1: put up 66 on Eastern Kentucky. Dude,
0: Oklahoma, like... Went Oklahoma, old school Oklahoma. Uh, BYU. That was okay. That was interesting to me. The fact that they like so few points were scored, dude. That to me is more of a testament to what Casey Keeler is building. I don't think people need to pay attention to that dude. Like, and he's a guy who loves going to those small schools and just stay. Like, he's not concerned about moving up. He wants to build a powerhouse in Sam Houston, and dude, they are so fun. We've seen how difficult it is for teams to go into Provo. I thought it would get away from them in the second half. Man, the Bearcats are for real. I know they took the the loss, but you got to understand that's a program that's growing. I was so impressed with them.
1: Yep. Sunflower State, uh, Kansas is still coming. They Avery Johnson 48. went off. Let me get to Kansas State. Sorry. I only had one sentence on Kansas State. I feel even better about my, me picking them to win the conference this year now. You should. <laughs> Just, you should. Yeah. I know... It was, it was C-mode. They didn't play anyone. I don't they care. They did what they had to do. But I just, after the week the Big 12 had, I'm like, yeah, no, that makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. Okay. Uh, last but not least, I think you had a little note about uh, West Virginia and the way they played against Penn State. Yeah,
0: West Virginia was, I, I was trying to keep up with that game. They came out with, I feel like they have bought in. I feel like they understand the situation. I think those guys love playing for Neil Brown. And, I think that they're coming out with a chip on their shoulder. I feel like that game with Penn State was one where we it could have gotten out of hand like the Baylor game or like the damn LSU game did. Um, I think it could have gotten gone that way. Uh, hats off to Neil Brown. I know he made a suspect call there um, that kind of caught Twitter ablaze. But at the end of the day, I like how the Mountaineers are fighting for him. I think it's going to be fun to watch C.J. Donaldson throughout the year. Um I hope that they can keep it on track. We will see. Yeah, but hats quick, off to Neil Brown.
1: Real quick, uh, over from the producer's desk. Um, Oklahoma State did not put up as many points as I would have liked. So I didn't. That mean, be, some, full full be something. Full disclosure: I didn't
0: see the Oklahoma State. Score. Uh,
1: I believe it was twenty-seven to thirteen against Central Arkansas. Well, then they only we know where Oklahoma State. Yeah. So that'll be something to monitor through the year. Not going to press any alarm buttons right now,
0: but. But I think that's probably about on par after last year, so we'll see how that goes. But, man, coming up next, we're going to dive into uh, some other storylines that stood out outside of the Big 12. We're going to get into Florida State, curb-stomping LSU, as well as the Pac-12 quarterbacks living up to the hype. You're listening to the College Chaos Podcast. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with you, and... We are going to get into what unfolded in Orlando last night, which from my perspective was atrocious. Paul Catalina rejoiced, rightfully so. Hats off to my man. Congrats that his beloved Seminoles took advantage of mediocrity in the second half by LSU. Lackluster offensive line. Mismanaging my man Harold Perkins and Brian Kelly showing us good old-fashioned... Brian Kelly coaching that I was nervous about in the first place, bringing him to the Bayou. (sighs) Uh, So, you
1: love Brian Kelly.
0: Let me tell you about Brian Kelly. (laughs) Since Brian Kelly has come on down to LSU, we've had the fake accent caught the attention. We've had the awkward photo shoot with the recruit who flipped to Alabama. (laughs) <laughs> that Reddit College Football put on Twitter last night with a big L in Tiger Heads. We've had...
1: God, I forgot how I great have not, Brian Kelly has been for content. I
0: have <laughs> not. We have had, in the last 10 games, according to Bruce Feldman, LSU has lost three times, three times, by at least 20 points, and a fourth time to a disastrous, abysmal Texas A&M team by 15 freaking points last year when you had no business losing to them. All season long, you've been gassing up your team. You even went out on Twitter saying we will beat Florida State. Brian Kelly, you did not beat Florida State. You have Harold Perkins, who is arguably one of the best defensive players we've seen in quite some times. To me, he reminds me of the second coming of Micah Parsons. When you cut the man loose, you just let him play football. He makes plays. What did you do? You said, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to take Harold Perkins. We're going to put him at linebacker, and we're just going to let him sit there. Oh, we're going to let him try to spy Jordan Travis. And you know what? He had a career-high 28 snaps in coverage while rushing the quarterback just seven times. And made no damn impact on the game. Brian Kelly cut Harold Perkins loose because there are a lot of college football coaches, whether people want to acknowledge this, accept it or not, it's the landscape we're in, that are watching that game saying, you know what, if I had a Harold Perkins on my team that I could just cut loose, we might win a natty. Um, I don't know. Why don't we try to figure out how to slide into his DMs and say, look, son, you're a sophomore. You got a lot of eligibility left. Do you want to come play and let us cut you loose? Because we damn sure will. Um, You better figure it out on the Bayou. I feel like you're overreacting a little.
1: Because going into this game, I remember thinking, okay, the winner is probably going to be a true playoff contender this year. Yes, the loser is going to show that they're a year away at least. Which I've said,
0: LSU was not going to do it this year. They're yeah. going to be a year away. Yep.
1: Now there was a possibility both like they played an even game absolutely, and you probably come away being like, eh, they're probably neither of them are making the playoff this year. That's fair. I don't think anyone would go into that game and and think, hey, it's really close. They're both going to make the playoff. Yeah. Just no, that wasn't going to happen. Knowing both teams, I think that. The outcomes were either LSU wins, and you think they're playoff bound. They might be playoff bound, correct? Like an actual, real contender. Same for Florida State. If they had, if since they won, yes. Um, and then the middle ground being they're both not contenders, correct? So LSU is not a contender this year. LSU is not a contender. I don't. They like they got outclassed. They got outclassed more than I thought they would. I just don't think that. That means they're worse than a top fifteen team. No, that that's which not
0: what I'm saying. Come next
1: year, that's playoff territory.
0: Uh, yes, it is. You're, that's a that's a very good point, and I think you will see them in the playoff next year. Um, if but they don't make the
1: playoff next then, year. Then, bruh, be a big like,
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to think about that. That makes my soul nauseous. Yeah,
1: um, but like, I know that's moving the goalposts a little because next year the goalposts are literally moving. Right, but it just. It's not my team, so I can sit here and not be emotional about it. Like, they're not going to be a bad team. They're, they're not going to have issues. I think Brian Kelly. I don't know what the perfect storm was last year that helped it feel like, oh, damn, he's he's got a great fit. He won the big game that he really needed to win to show, like, hey, we're going to compete here at LSU. Yeah. But like, maybe he's having to deal a little more with getting the grip, getting to grips of like. This is what this program truly is. This is where we're at. This is how we have to play. Because I think, and as much as this might sound weird, you can't play the same way everywhere. Nick Saban can't go and do the same exact thing he did at Bama elsewhere. Well, a, a he product. didn't do the exact same thing at Bama that he did at LSU. Like, I'm going straight to the yeah. top, straight to the, the the goat. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Every place is different, so you have to tweak little things, and maybe that's what Brian Kelly's having to deal with here is, like, last year the team just fit him a little better, and so even though it's more his team this year, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily fitting what he wants to do.
0: No, that's fair, and I also think that this is a, was a mismatch nightmare for LSU, and I think Florida State is going to be a mismatch nightmare for 95% of the teams they play, okay? Keon Coleman is a freak of nature. Uh, he, LSU had no answer for him. LSU secondary outside of major Burns was getting absolutely torched. Okay. Jordan, Tr- Jordan, Johnny Wilson. I mean, did his thing. Seven receptions, 104 yards. Jaheim bell is yep. a dude. Uh, remember when we did our drafted teams like back <sighs> in the summer. Yeah. I got Jaheem bell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well played. I was well that. played, bro. We need to revisit that. Cause I bet you smoked me on that. Um, yeah. The running game, this is one thing that's bothered me under Brian Kelly. The rushing attack at LSU has always been one of the staples, right? Like, you always hang your hat on, you have at least a dog, and then you have a stable of guys behind them. Like, and I know Emory was unavailable, but at the same time, when Jaden Daniels is your leading rusher, uh, that's a bad formula. And, look, I know know a lot of it was the RPO offense that they were running, and he was making some – Really excellent decisions, at the same time. But I feel like you've got to take some pressure off of him, man, because teams are going to figure that they. Florida State figured it out.
1: There, there did come the point when Florida State pulled away in the second half, where you just you you couldn't sit there and run the ball. No, but in the first half, it was close, and they should have been able to have more balance on offense. You're absolutely right. Yeah,
0: and the drops. And if you if you
1: can't have that balance on offense, that's a bigger issue.
0: Well, I think that's part of it, right? Like, it was – they were trying to have that balance. But you freaking hit Lacey wide open, and it goes off his hands, he's just looking like, what happened? Uh, There were so many freaking drops. Um, I think Florida State did a tremendous job of figuring out that, okay, LSU was trying – like, if you look at the end of that second – the first half, LSU was doing nothing but blitzing nonstop. And Florida State said, okay, bet. We're going to put two backs in here. Good luck with that. And LSU had no answer, okay? And I absolutely loved the fact that Mike Norvell at the end did not take his foot off the gas. I respect that so much. That last touchdown probably made a lot of LSU people infuriated. I respected that so much because if the tables were turned, and you know how this is, 14 playoff, big wins, more score margin, I love that they took advantage of LSU and made a statement. That's there. a very, very good
1: point about the playoff. Very good point about the the margin. The just absolutely the, the, the vibes and, it, and the 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 visibility of it all. Yes, like, that's a great point. I'm very happy with that from a neutral's perspective. Of I know more of what happened in the like. I know more of the the way the game went from the scoreline, right? Because of it. It's not some oh garbage touchdown. I have to look a bit deeper. Yeah, Obviously, correct. I watched the game. Like I already knew. Yeah. But to this helps there be no casual mistakes. The further nope. we get from the game, the score is going to remind you. Florida State
0: dominated. Yeah, it, it, you know what it was? It, it it was almost, and it wasn't on the same scale as this, but it was almost like last year when Georgia just took it to Oregon like, just left no doubt that we were so far superior. It wasn't on that level, but it was that same kind of mindset from the coach I don't think we knew that staff. Oregon
1: was going to be able to rebound from that the way they no. did. Like, they were a solid team last year. They were. They were really so, good. So, like, and it happened so early in the year, it was like, oh, maybe Oregon's just, like, really not exactly. good. Exactly. But turns out, no, they were pretty good. Um, last thing I will say is that, I feel even better about thinking Ford State's a contender now because the pass rush. I mean like they got dude, dude after dude
0: they and are they are
1: like I it's just one of those things, man. I feel like every championship team just has multiple guys who are gonna get after the quarterback. Every level of football, you have to have that, yep. and Florida State has that in spades. And they and have that, an That's the edge. last thing I'll say about this game because yeah. we do have to move on to some other takeaways from the weekend. Your number one thing outside of this game
0: was? The Pac-12 quarterbacks lived up to the hype. They are real. They were cooking and throw, for now, Shadur Sanders into that mix, whereas I didn't think he would be on the same level. I didn't think he would compete the way they did. I thought it was going to be a learning curve for him. They've done an excellent job with his progression. I've watched him literally since high school. Like he the progression Do you is want me to so impressive. Some of this
1: stuff? Yes. Caleb Williams, 319, 5 touchdowns. Michael Penix Jr. And that was the four, worst
0: that was one of the worst performances. <laughs>
1: 450, 5 touchdowns. Bo Nix, 287, 3 touchdowns. I'm sure he got benched. Early, uh, not bench bench, but like you can take the rest of the night off. because yeah. they put up eighty-one on Portland State. Uh, Shadur Sanders, you know. five ten and four touchdowns. Uh, like, I, I four fifty-one and three touchdowns from Cam Ward at Washington State. Yeah, like, dude, holy hell! And DJ DJU out at out at Oregon State, two thirty-nine and three touchdowns. And we'll we'll get a little more into
0: that. Yeah. So okay, this is from SportingNews.com right now. Looking at the four quarterbacks, Shadur Sanders, Michael Penix, Caleb Williams, and Bo Nix, just those four alone combined for 78.2% completion uh, ratio through for 1,519 yards, 17 touchdowns, no, zero interceptions. The dudes were freaking cooking. It's ridiculous.
1: Absolutely. We saw some of this coming. We didn't see all of it coming. No. I don't think either of us expected Shadur to pop off the did way not. he did. Um, but like we had talked before the season. A lot of people had talked before the season about how the Pac-12 was loaded at quarterback. And I'm looking at like who they're playing. It doesn't necessarily stand out as like, oh, these are good defenses. But great. Yeah. Like, this is what they're supposed to do. You've got multiple guys here who are supposed to be Heisman finalists. At least three. And they
0: lived up to the bill. At least
1: three guys who are supposed to be Heisman finalists. And they throttled the competition. No, it, it wasn't even close, dude. It's like, low-key, this might this might be weird, but this is giving me, like, late 2000s Big
0: 12 vibes
1: of, like, the offenses just won't be
0: oh, stopped. Yeah, no, there's no way. Like, there's, like, that's the thing. It doesn't matter how... It's going to – like, I'm so intrigued by watching these dudes. We are going to see some absurd numbers out there because we know, like, their defenses aren't near as good. But at the same time, like, can you – what I'm ins- – it, it's going to be fun to see is once everything settles out, can you, can, can you outscore the other teams from the conference that you're going to be matched with? That's ultimately what it's going to come down to, right? Because like, nope. your defenses aren't going to stop nobody. Nope. Nope. They're not going to – be able to outscore them.
1: No. they won't like it didn't yeah just no but it's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun to keep watching this um specifically DJU though he's he's probably the one i want to pick on i did get to watch his game live i got, I got fubo
0: ju- i got the thing just to the free trial just to do it i might have been pirating well
1: i should have been hitting you up then <laughs> By pirating, I mean sailing the high seas and then waving a <laughs> sword around. Not not anything else. I don't know R-P-Bot what you're Lukes. talking about. Um, <laughs> point is, DJU, he was exactly what I thought he would be. Good-looking quarterback in a more run-heavy offense against a middling opponent. He looked better than Caleb Williams probably did. Not as flashy, not right. as high-end talent, but just getting the job done. Against the same opponent, he looked a bit better to me.
0: His offensive line is a hell of a lot
1: better too. Exactly, kept it clean, made the right decisions, didn't do anything spectacular, didn't make any any real mistakes. Like he is not going to be a Heisman finalist, no. But he is he is a good upgrade on what they had at Oregon State. That makes me think Oregon State can be a true contender in this conference.
0: It, like as you're saying that, I'm trying to think of this question here. So I'm so he is really good but given the landscape of their quarterback talent out there he's probably more towards the bottom tier of that where would you think he would fit right now in the Big 12 like if you threw him in just that Oregon State with him as a quarterback where would he fit among the quarterback rankings in the Big 12 in your opinion ooh just after week 1 i'm not saying like in the big just 12? after yeah just after week 1 because i thought we saw some average at best quarterback play out of the big 12 for the most part, other than he's pushing top five. Yeah. At least, at least that's the crazy thing. I think that just shows like the, like I feel vindicated about there. the
1: shape and performance, but he's injured now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ewers was not in, he didn't inspiring look to me at all. That's crazy. Like he looks the, like he can make all the throws just, but it's, where, where's the, the gamer? Yeah. You know, it's what, weird.
0: I can't figure where, him out. He's, he's,
1: It's like he's got the talent, but he's not the game changer. He's not.
0: He's not Caleb. He's there's nothing flashy about it. It's it's weird. And it's not
1: the like methodical, not flashy. It's just the like. And it's not clicking.
0: I think there was just like so much hype around it that it's weird to like like you you know like you didn't
1: no I, I won't even say that it's not like oh he had so much hype he should be so amazing it's just like dude you can make all the throws. Get your decision-making in order. Yeah, that's a great point. Get your decision-making in order. Because you can make all the throws. Now, if you're throwing to the right spots, you're going to be popping off. But you're not making the right decisions, so you're not throwing to the right spots. Or if you are making the right decisions, are you making them on time? Yeah. Like, that's what I mean by not clicking. So, yes, he's got more talent than DJU. It's pretty freaking clear. Yeah. But, like... The yeah, tangible Shoot. stuff, the decision making. Gabriel's going up my list. Obviously, Will Howard's up there. Jalen Daniels is up there. So
0: uh, Jalen didn't play this week. I think
1: Jalen was out too. So yeah, I mean, cool. I'm I'm still putting him. Yeah, I know, I know he should be. I'm just saying he didn't <laughs> so, play this week. Like, yeah, I'm probably saying for it the highest. Yeah, wouldn't put him lower than six. I think.
0: That's fair. That's about where I Four would to have six
1: him. is where I'd probably have DJU If he were in the big 12 yeah. with the team, he's got around. Yeah. Him.
0: That's what I was thinking about with that. Anyway, just kind of looking at that weird scenario.
1: We are uh, slowly closing in on 11 o'clock. It's ten forty-seven here.
0: So yeah, we, uh, last week, Jack, we, uh, we, we've made our picks the first time we, and as we do our picks, our picks are going to be mainly big 12 focused as the season progresses, progresses. We will see from there. Um, we had some zingers. We had some that were not so hot and we had some that kind of questionable and we were going to eat a little bit of crow. That's coming up next here on the college chaos podcast. Welcome back into the college chaos podcast. Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie here with y'all And final segment of the day. We are going to look back on our week one picks, looking at the big 12 teams. Uh, You know, there was a lot of chalk. There was a lot of chalk. Uh, But at the same time, man, there were some that... Good night. You could not have predicted. I don't even... like. I'm trying to, like, paint this picture, like, kind of rosy, like, glass apple, like, dog. There was just some brutal-ass games.
1: You're right. You're right. But number one, I want to thank all of you who are watching right now, watching this on replay, because the engagement we got on our picks video from last week... Was awesome. It yes, was one of our best videos so in a while. So, thank you guys so much. Hopefully, you guys will will hang with us. Uh, understand that while we love the Big 12, we like to cover the Big 12. It's the Big 12. Chaos happens. It does happen. So, we'll get to know these teams better with you through the year. We'll try and break it down for you. But don't expect us to be perfect with Nah, the nah, nah,
0: nah. Especially because not
1: me. Last week, I felt lucky to go 11 and 3. Garrett went out on a limb much more than me. Yeah, especially
0: with Northern Iowa, dude.
1: <laughs> and ended up at 9-5. and five. Yeah,
0: I got to be a little more conservative with my picks.
1: But, yeah. So, I think as far as the pick side of things go, and a game we haven't touched on too, too much yet, the one that I thought was going to be the big difference maker before you picked Northern Iowa over Iowa State for some fucking reason.
0: <laughs> well, um, dude, like, look, man. Like, we, it, was, it was so chalk. I'm sitting here. I'm like was State's guys. Uh, let, fuck it. We'll just ride with Northern Iowa.
1: Nope. That was mistake number one. And then mistake number two was not letting me take UTSA and you taking Houston.
0: No, I was taking UTSA like, regardless. Like, I, I, which wasn't a bad pick. I stand by the pick. It was just not their day. Frank Harris did not, he had one of his more uh, not Frank Harris performances to say. You had the opportunity at the end where it was a fourth down, fourth and in inches. I mean, I'm talking like you remember when uh, the Cowboys game? I can't remember who they played, but they brought out the card. Like it was like that kind of close, dog. Like, oh, it was, man. and Jeff, I Taylor, remember it that. Livid.
1: The the dumbest thing about that to me, and I know this is a no, but, of but I, anxious, I, yeah. like, <laughs> so if they're all touching, are you counting that as space there, or are you saying <laughs> exactly. they're touching, so it's good? Right. Like, like what is? <laughs> You're smarter than that, Gene Steratore. You're smarter
0: than that. (laughs) But that was like the level of how close we're talking about here. And, you know, Houston got the nod. Dana gave him a little wink. You know, and I like how the guys came out for Houston and played for Dana. I think they needed that win. Uh, Now, that's not a full tell of what the season's going to be. They're still going to struggle. But hats off to the Cougars. You had the better looking uniforms. (laughs) I know that don't (laughs) matter, but. That is like. All of why
1: I picked them. Oh, my God, I did not have a lot dude, of faith in Dana. I,
0: I loved those uniforms.
1: But, yeah. But, yeah. So, um, otherwise, I think games we, games we both missed on were... Um, TCU-Colorado. TCU-Colorado, Texas State-Baylor, and then there was one more. Tech and
0: Wyoming. Tech and Wyoming. All yep. the upsets, dude. All
1: three of those upsets. I mean, like, again, it was supposed to be a chalk week. It was supposed to be a chalk week. For the most part, It was chalk. So, going eleven and three was pretty much as good as I could hope for this week. Because, in what world do you think Texas State did? Did you think Texas State would? I thought Texas
0: State would be. I I think when we did our staff predictions, I think I had it like Baylor winning was like forty-five to twenty-four or something like that. Pretty much flipped from what happened. (laughs) Um, Yeah, dude. I didn't think. I thought they they would push them. I thought they would be. You know, but at the same time, man. That yeah, I did not see that.
1: Yeah, and uh, I should have been more tempted by the Wyoming line. That's that's a, that's too, a weird touchdown one, man. line in Laramie. I I was like, I think I just didn't want to be that tech hater. Yeah, you know.
0: Well, see, like that, and we discussed it a little bit, but like Laramie's one of those weird places where you've got to be careful going to. Which is
1: but, why, if I'm a tech fan right yeah. now, I'm feeling so much better than necessarily TCU well, or Baylor. I did.
0: I think on my my fault on that pick definitely was I was. I drink the, the red and black Kool-Aid. Um, at the same time, I think I didn't consider the Oregon matchup, and I really do think that Texas Tech pump, puffed their chest out, brought their bought into their hype, and were looking at the Ducks, and I think they got checked. And I did not – That's an interesting I didn't take. put the factors in, in place.
1: I'll be curious to see uh, if they do that again later in the year because I'm sure there'll be a situation later in the year yeah. where – They'll probably get the ship righted to some degree. They'll they might feel like they're rolling and they might overlook someone yeah. again. Uh and then the last out of those three games. Do not come in here telling me I should have thought Colorado was gonna win. No. No, no. Like I respect it. I respect that like they are so much better than I thought they were. TC was fun worse as hell than as I to thought watch. they were. Yeah. They're fun as hell. They've got some dudes, but don't tell me I should have seen that coming.
0: No, anybody saying that, I mean, you know, I'm not... Hey, if you had it, whatever, but I think for the vast majority, you're going to see a lot of... You saw a lot of bandwagon people jumping behind Ralphie. Mm -hmm. You saw a lot of that on Saturday. So, looking ahead to next week, I'm trying to think of, like, what are
1: going to be the the Uh, toughest games to
0: pick? Well, my picks have definitely... My vision of how I was going to pick next week has changed dramatically. Um if you're looking ahead at some, I think that we're going to have some coin tosses on. Um, Illinois
1: Kansas, that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, Kansas has a three and a half point
0: line right now. That's like I, I Brett Bilama. I just uh, I, I can't really. He's he's hit or miss with me. I, I with as a coach, I'm not really going to buy into the line either. Yeah, I'm probably going to end up
1: with Kansas on that one. You guys will see our picks, our yeah. full picks on Thursday. But, yeah, my mind has shifted on a few of these. Uh, the, the good old battle for Iowa, I don't know what the actual name is. I feel so bad about that. I should know. I love rivalries. But Iowa and Iowa State, as much as I think Brian Ferenc is like the worst offensive coordinator in college K. football.
0: Hey, looted up by Iowa State. I
1: do not think <laughs> that Iowa State wins this
0: game two years in a row. So, yeah, we'll see.
1: That's where I'm at on that. Uh, Otherwise, interesting matchup, SMU at Oklahoma. That one's
0: got a new level of juice to it with the ACC factor. There's going to be a lot of – I think think that's going to be one where, from a recruiting standpoint, that just shifted a little bit because SMU – It's going to try to use their revenue. They're going to try to use their leverage in the ACC to lock down Dallas, and Oklahoma gets a ton of talent out of Dallas. Now, look, I know that's – I think they're a few years away from doing that. No, I'm just saying, like, I'm projecting – but that's going to be. It just took a different turn. I'm not saying SMU's magically if going to OU pop up overnight. Ever
1: and, loses Dallas to SMU. I'm not
0: saying they're going to lose Dallas, but I'm saying it's added a level. It's now made things. Yes, it makes things more different. Intriguing. It's, intriguing. It's, it's
1: it's more fun.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: otherwise, three more matchups. I'm looking at real quick, rapid fire. since Cincy, Cincy Pitt, Texas Bama. And uh, Oklahoma State, Arizona State, yes, those are all looking very interesting to me right now. Though I do think Texas is about to get its head knocked in.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have fun with these picks, but dude. I'm I'm that, getting really excited looking have, at these. I have a
1: bad vibe about Texas, even though, even though they played them tough last year, and
0: yeah, t- dude, it, I was I
1: I don't I don't know. It, I've got a bad vibe about them now. Even though heading into the year, I had a better, like I had a much better vibe about Texas. I don't know what exactly has changed. Maybe it's just because my friends who are Texas fans were being so negative about their performance against Rice. It was
0: bad, man. That's not
1: coming from me. That's coming. no, that, like that's it was, I was getting from my friends.
0: It, it was very lackluster, and and then I heard. um uh I can't remember. It was an analyst from California, from the USC guy. They were talking. He was like, "I'm not going to buy into Sark. We've been seeing this crap forever. About you know he, he's he you know where you're going to get like seven or eight wins, and he's not you know. So we will see, man. It's going to have to unfold. I like what Sark's building there, that but the I, old, the old apprentice the against
1: the master kind of thing. I'd, I'd, yeah, that's
0: going to be fun. They were close
1: last year at home. Yeah, I don't know if they can repeat that. Yeah, um, Oklahoma State, Arizona State is. That's one that's going to be intriguing to me yeah. just because I think both teams are really wanting that win, like a yeah. power five win against a, they feel like they're in different spots, but kind of in the same spot. I don't know if that makes sense, Right. got to get out of here, but that's, it's going to be very fun. intriguing. I love that. It's a nightcap because I will, will be able to watch it.
0: Yeah, no, that's the, that's the thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking at this slate. I'm enjoying what we're going to have lined up for next week. Um, Should be a fun slate of 14 to pick on Thursday. It should be a fun slate. But, you know, hey, week one is coming, and gone. Well, not yet. Tonight you're going to have Duke and Clemson. That's going to be the nightcap that's going to put the the final touches on week one. I think that's going to be a fun game as well. Um, But until next week, this is Garrett Ross. He's Jack McKenzie. You're listening to the College Chaos Podcast. We appreciate you.